the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hosselter. I'm Nathan Grella. And today it's just the two of us again, but we've got some really good stuff for you guys. I mean, really, really big yep. news, exciting stuff. Yep. Just looking at the slate, just telling you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some baseball for a little bit. We're going to talk about some football for the most of it. We're going to talk about Cone Russell, Adam Van Horn, the mid-pen media days for this week. And also um, Ramsey Kiflo's time at Syracuse camp. Yep, we didn't get invited to Midpen Media Days, by the way. If if you wanted a informed podcast, write an angry letter to Midpen telling them that they should have invited us. Yeah, we were Please. very disappointed, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Midpen Commonwealth predictions: Where we fin- picked to finish first? Huge, 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 huge news coming out of the PIAA. And we will not reveal that to you at All this right. point. That nope. is a surprise. And then at the end, we got our defense preview. And then for meat and potatoes, we actually dragged a brother down here. He's going to be our producer-ish guy. So, yeah, he's got a drum set also. That's not going to get annoying. You should be scared. Yeah. For sure. Yes. All right, we'll move on from that. All right, so I'm I'm guess I'm the host, but Ramsey Kivalo, <laughs> he went to the sacred the Syracuse camp today, and uh, he posted a video of it on Twitter. Um, normally we wouldn't talk about stuff like this, but like he manhandled some guy in that video, so we got to talk about it. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. you you see him lining up, you know, clad in orange under this nice turf field in Syracuse. And I think we'll get a link up on our website sometime after this so you guys can check it out if you haven't. Or I'll just download the video and post it to Facebook. That would work too. Whatever. We'll find a way to get to you guys. Yeah. Or you could just go directly to Ramsey's uh, Twitter page yourself. And basically he's lining up and this poor soul decides to cross the line and go after him. And he just kind of grabs him and throws him around the back of the line. And he's... You know, the other guy's flailing his arms and trying to get around him. And Ramsey's just too much of a force. So he just kind of pushes him about eight yards into the backfield. And yeah, he just has no <clears throat> chance. Great video. It's pretty funny, for yeah. sure. Um, obviously, Ramsey Kifalo has been on this podcast. I said his name right. And uh, there's, and again, there's a really a pipeline there of uh, Syracuse offers going towards state high students of late. So we saw that with Keaton Ellis. His only other two offers besides Penn State were Syracuse and Buffalo. And both of those schools are really interested in state high. Yeah, I know Buffalo is also looking at Zach Betts a lot from talking to him. So a couple of schools that are liking it here. Yep, so congrats to Ramsey Kiflo. Um, Yeah, he really looked good. It's good to get that bit of exposure, you know. 
So at this level, it's all about exposure, folks. Yep. Moving on, we got some more state high baseball. We just we just keep talking about this because news keeps coming out about this. We got there was like right after that there was a rant of, um, posted by a guy on Twitter with a local news. I would go recommend checking that out. That's very entertaining about this. Um, and his rant ended up proving correct. And uh, Center Daily Times reporting that uh, the PIAA responded to the State College controversial loss, and there will be an, an official PIAA pitch at, counter. Yes, for all district and state playoff games, which. And they also voted to increase the pitch count cap from 100 to 105, which. There's not much. I don't yeah, think. I don't think that's, that's much of a change. That's kind of like okay, state college will. Yeah, we'll, it's just a little. We'll bit bend of, a little bit. It's a tip of the hat to us for sure. Yeah. And it's nice to be heard. Yeah. It's, this is definitely one of those instances. It's interesting. This is a theme that's been carried throughout entire podcasts for some reason. Is state college baseball. Yeah. And, we just keep talking about it. It's confusing. Um, but this is definitely very big news. Yeah. Um, also, maybe they should have done this a little earlier than maybe then Troy Allen would have resigned, but... Yeah, that would be... Maybe we can find get a comment on that. Yeah. Troy Allen, if you're listening. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, yeah. honestly, like... <laughs> that was Troy Allen, by the way. But... <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, we would love to get a comment from some of the coaches, if possible. You know, maybe we'll send out an email or something. Just to see what their opinion is on this, you know. Obviously, it doesn't do much good to us. We're already, we've already been yep. out for several months. It's not going to change any of that. And also, but, we were below 500, so I don't even know how we made the playoffs in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe the rest of the district was real bad. That was probably the case. All right, stop with the drum set. <laughs> uh, moving on. We got some westernpafootball.net, and they updated their site. It looks a lot nicer now. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's like it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. We complain about this a lot, and let me say, yeah, there's a heck of a difference. We didn't talk about it last week, and I didn't think it was worth talking about this week, but the Tommy Freiberg was on it. Um, Billy explained about Tommy Freiberg a little bit. Yeah, and... just in case you guys were worried, these articles are Billy Splain certified. Yes. So... Yes, and what matters is those coaches' comments. And if this was written by Matt Lintel, he really loves a lot about what Cohen Russell brings to the team. Um, he said he could go on and on about him, and he thinks the world of him. And, yeah. I'll read the rest of this just in case you guys are interested. Quote, He is one of the most intense competitors I've ever met. He will match up against anyone at any time and give it everything he has. He is an exceptional leader who is not afraid to call out others who are lacking full effort. He is the most natural football player on our team. That's a very strong compliment. And he rarely leaves the field. As a junior, he is one of two players who have played on both sides of the ball, and he was also a huge asset in the return game. Cohen has an exceptional skill set as a slot receiver, running back, return man, and corner. His ball skills and route running are phenomenal, and it doesn't... Excuse me, there's some bad grammar in this. I Come quote, on, and Lintel. it doesn't that he was the second fastest kid in the state. I'm guessing you meant to say it doesn't hurt or something like that. That he was the second fastest kid in the state this year in the 100-meter dash. Cohen will have a phenomenal senior year and will match every, and whichever college decides to look past his 5'7 stature will get an exceptional football player and an even better young man. 
It's a really glowing review on the character and skill of Cohen Russell, yeah. by, who is presumably Lintel, maybe one of the other coaches, but yeah, whoever are, it is, they like Cohen a lot. We are very excited for Cohen Russell. And then another player that got a Western PA football review was um, somebody that we weren't really expecting to get one, but... We're really certainly cool. excited about. Yeah, we we're really excited to see him on the offensive line. But Adam Van Horn got one as well, probably. Okay, probably the starting uh, right guard for the State College Football Little Lions. Um, just he he started for us as a junior, and this is Matt Lintel saying this, and that. While he isn't the biggest guy we have up front, he may have the biggest heart of anyone on our team, and that's a, I that's a huge compliment. Pretty awesome. On a team yeah. full of hearts, so yeah, we love we love our football team. Oh yeah, for sure. In yeah. case you can't tell. <laughs> all right, so that's all we're gonna talk about the offense. I think today, this is a yeah. very defensive and newsworthy podcast for sure today. Um. Going into the mid-pen media days, it looks like they had a fun time Yeah, there. for sure. Matt Lintel brought uh, left tackle James Pone, middle linebacker Tyson Brennan, and strong safety uh, Tom Buha to the mid-pen media days. It looks like they had a lot of fun. Most Mostly uh, we're referring to this picture of them just eating ham sandwiches in front of a camera. It's it's very interesting. It's yeah. very professionally lighted. Very I'm gonna make nice this camera. my background if I can figure out how to copy and paste it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's strange to see an obvious photo set, you know, very well professional photographer taking a picture of a bunch of football players eating ham sandwiches off a platter. But for some reason it works and I think we all like it. I just can't take my eyes off of it it's so great um but yeah those were the guys on mid pen media days looks like they had a lot of fun with um them and the media uh other teams include shippensburg was there northern allegheny was there palmyra football um williamsport just a, a lot a lot of teams were there from around the area and it looks and PIAA released a lot of articles as well. Um, they released an article full of predictions, but State College was not mentioned in it, um, so we won't report on that. But uh, just just looks like a ton of fun coming from there. Um, great to see uh, football get back in the news. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys want to find that picture of the ham sandwiches, we will post that to the Facebook page and possibly the website. But you can also look at it at Sean Simmers. I should make this the uh, the cover photo for a Facebook. You will find that as the <laughs> cover photo for our Facebook. If, if I can figure out how to download it. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you. Okay. Don't worry. All right. So that that was Midpen Media Days. We would love to have been there, but we were for not sure. there. Hint, so. hint. Yeah. Invite us next year when we both graduated and probably aren't doing this. <laughs> So sad. So, so sad. Yeah. Um, moving on, what came out of the mid-pen, two big things that came out of the mid-pen media days were the PIAA mid-pen conference predictions. Um, just, and uh, State College, not really a surprise for me, was ranked number one. 
um, yeah. over Harrisburg and Cumberland Valley, who were tied for second. And uh, the, it just went on and on about how our act. And I thought it would go on and on about our defense, which we're talking about today, but it actually talked a lot about how the offense and this returning a lot of players. Yeah. You got Keaton Ellis and uh, Cohen Russell and Tommy Freiberg and Jeremy Bullock and Jack and uh, Isaiah Edwards, not Jackson Edwards. There are two Edwards on this team. It's going to be confusing. Yeah. Hopefully they put the J and the T on, or the J and the I. What am I talking about? The J and the I on the back of their jerseys. So I don't think we'll have much of a difficulty distinguishing yeah. the two. They have yeah. different physiques for sure. <laughs> so um, just a summary rundown at number one is State College. Like we said, not much of a surprise, but certainly a comfort. Um, that considering especially the fact that we're ranked number seven in the state, you know, that was the highest out of anybody in the mid-pen, so that's not that much of a surprise. But like I said, we also have Harrisburg and Cumberland Valley tied for second. Again, not a surprise. They're extremely good teams. Harrisburg has had success deep in the playoffs last couple years, and Cumberland Valley is always one of our most difficult games. It's kind of a big deal. It's a bit of a rivalry. And then at number four is Central Dauphin. Several of their star players are leaving. They've kind of slipped downhill a little bit, but still certainly a team to be aware of they're always a force and we'll see if the pattern of us beating Cumberland Cumberland beating Central Dolphin Central Dolphin beating us continues yeah we've seen that several <laughs> times it's always frustrating and then you've got CD East at number five Altoona at number six and Carlisle and Chambersburg tied for seven I like the Chambersburg coaches um face on that picture yeah. <laughs> it's great go, it's, yeah. go check this out one team I was surprised to be so low was Altoona. Um, Altoona was in the WPIL for the last six years, and they didn't do very well. But yeah. I still think they should be ranked higher because you, when you go into that tough divi- division, you play teams like uh, like Pine Richland and yeah. like Williamsport and teams like that, and you don't or not Williamsport, wrong side, but. <laughs> Well, North the other Allegheny, thing is, but... there's always the possibility yeah. that Altoona is just so. Yeah. I mean, it might basically be, they it might can be go, good, but if you're, they don't play. If you're in bad a conference, teams. if you're in a conference that outclasses you that much, yeah. there's basically two major possibilities. On one hand, you know, you could have such good competition that once you go to the mid pen, that you can do well because you're so used to having a difficult time about it. On the other hand, you could get demoralized and kind of slip into that mindset yeah. of loss because yeah. you haven't had success in so long. I'm looking I I'm know, looking forward to playing them. Oh yeah, for sure. Much, it's yeah. going to be good. And I think they're always going to give us a tough game, you know. It kind of reminds me of the Penn State versus Pitt game, you know? Like even though us at Penn State often consider Pitt Are you to calling be calling the ACC not good at football. No. <laughs> Am I calling the Whippeal not good at football? Of course not. It's not the conference. I'm saying that Pitt hasn't had the best football teams recently. And when Penn State goes to play Pitt, it, you know, we usually, it's kind of a mindset of like, oh, we're better than these guys, but they always give us a tough game because it's yeah. a rivalry. Until and so it's the same thing here. Yeah. Well, we did lose to them a couple years ago. That's basically why we didn't get in the championship. But hey, that's, yeah. another, that's another podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, basically I'm... I'm looking forward to playing Altoona's front. I want to see. I want to see um, Altoona 
Altoona's big, like, their all-star, Gage Hill, who's just a bit a monster. He's committed to Toledo right now. Um, he's the best player on their team by far. I want to see him go up against our interior line. I think yeah, that would be, be so much fun. fun. Oh, yeah. Um, on senior night, it's probably going to be really cold. But going back to... Hey, that's the, the fun part about it, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, come on. That's football, why I'm looking forward to it, Football dude. in central Pennsylvania, you got to be ready to be numb by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's half the fun. We always complain about SEC teams not wanting to come up here and play us in the winter. It's a bit of a pride thing. So I'll take that any day. Well, you don't want to play down there either. So <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. This. Uh, so just going back to the preview they talked they basically said we were the midpen's most complete team and yeah, that's, i would that's definitely i would definitely agree with that harrisburg always has a strong defense they always have a strong line they always have strong linebackers but they have nobody on offense this year they have a couple wide receivers they have a couple athletes but like who who are you scared of on the harrisburg offensive line right now and yeah. i and they're second so I don't think the competition from the mid-pen is extremely high that this year. So, I don't but know. we'll see. I we'll, mean, we, maybe we're just overrated. That's I don't the thing. Know. I think Cumberland Valley, I I still hesitate to call Cumberland Valley and Harrisburg and CD. Those are going to be great games. And by great, I mean it could go either way. As a fan of football, they're good. As a, as a stay high yeah. fan, they're not the best. But I think that's a good thing, you know. We like to see yeah. that competition. I certainly don't think that. I mean, while we may be the favorites, I certainly don't think we're anywhere close to being a shoe in for the win, for the conference title. Yeah, and I mean these teams are very competitive all the time. Harrisburg beat Imhotep last year, but that was with Mike and Parsons. So yeah. you, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm I'm excited. I. We play Harrisburg on a Saturday, and like oh, so, boy. yeah. That it that might be the determining factor. No matter how good Harrisburg is, mm-hmm. that might determine how good we are in that game. Just because of the time, that might determine the result, and it has before. So, you know, you never know. But uh, common name the Commonwealth offensive MVP was Tommy Freiburg. I think this is. Well deserved. No surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Harrisburg has Kane Everson, but I think Tommy Freiburg is better than Kane Everson. And the I'm thing honest. is, he's. they talk about how he's an extremely efficient, well-rounded passer. You know, 2,031 yards, 21 touchdowns, and a solid 400-yard, two-touchdown running game. You know... I mean, obviously, he's more of a pocket passer kind of guy, but he is he's pretty mobile as well. He's certainly not, you know, an NFL-style stuck-in-the-pocket kind of quarterback like yeah. you would see in Ben Roethlisberger. But he's he's got that arm. He's got the efficiency. He's really exactly what you're looking for in a high school quarterback, especially for our formations. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, denote the the achievement of being like a pre offensive player of the year for a com for the Commonwealth, but at the same time this is this is the mid pen Commonwealth and this is a deep, very very deep defensively. Oh for sure. Like yeah. There I there's not really 
besides State College, there's not really an offense in this entire division that you look at and say, oh, their offense can go head-to-head and just beat you with their offense. Every team has a good defense, and every team has... And every team's offense is slightly below their defense. I think. Although I think it's funny. Except for maybe State College. It's funny. <laughs> the outlook, the little summary they have for Cumberland Valley. It says, Cumberland Valley's wing T will always give opposing defenses fits, but the Eagles graduated a ton of offensive yeah, production. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of talking about how... <laughs> I'll tell you, it's always an experience playing Cumberland Valley and seeing their formations. Yeah. Uh, um, it's interesting to say the least and it it works pretty well i mean yeah and jared plessinger he's a good quarterback but oh, yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. put him on the same path as tommy freiberg oh for sure for so, sure it, it, it's just state I mean, college's offense is so much better uh, at least right now than every other yeah, team overall, in the commonwealth and and offense. you have to also consider a powerhouse defense yes you know oh it's just a well-rounded team yeah we can we can rely on our offense to get us out of sticky situations, but our defense is really going to hold the line pretty well as yeah. well. Like, it's not like our defense plays against their defense. Our yeah. defense will... Basically, what I'm see- saying is, when their offense goes against our defense, our defense will stop them, and then our offense is as good or better than every team's defense in this league. That's Except a... for maybe Harrisburg. Yeah. So, and of course, this is an extreme generalization, yeah. but we're just trying to give you an idea of what we see in the preseason. Basically, Absolutely. if you want to take something away from this podcast, it's that State College looks good. There's no <laughs> offense in this division that can go against our defense. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing. There, like there are there beside Kane Everson for Harrisburg. You see, there's ta- no, there's you no see like talent, but there's not completeness. I like, think that's the takeaway. Central Dolphin has a ton of Division Two players, but do they have a Keaton Ellis or do they have a yeah. Isaiah Edwards? Possibly. Do they have a Ramsey Kiflo? They like, and all of their D two prospects are in defense. There's no really offensive college prospects in this whole division that doesn't play for State College. Yeah, yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Except for Kane Everson, of course. <laughs> like, Kane Everson is the one exception to everything we're saying. Yeah. So, beware Kane Everson, I guess. All right. I think we should move on from this. Um, and I think now I we're, think, we're I think getting this into, is pretty much a given anyway. We're getting into the fat surprise that I promised and stopped Nathan from earlier. <laughs> All right. So, one, com- one complaint... Almost every public school in Pennsylvania has that every is good. Public school. That is good at football. Says the same thing. What difference does it make that we're good that we get to the championship? Except for Pine Wrestling. Pine Wrestling doesn't say this because they won the championship. Yeah. But beside Pine Wrestling, similarly to Everson, Pine Richland is the exception to our yes. rule. Yes, Pine Richland is the exception to everything State College. Yeah. So, um, when we. Yeah, what every school is saying is, what is the dip point of getting to the championship? We're just going to lose to St. Joe's Prep. We're just going to lose to, and this is what 5A and 4A schools say too, we're just going to lose to Imhotep Charter. Yeah, insert just whatever gonna... powerhouse private school you want from they... across the state that's recruiting players at a young age, taking talent away from the city schools. Yeah. It's a massive complaint. You hear people talking about it all the time. Basically, anytime a public school has a good football team, 
the end of the conversation is always, but this private school. And this goes the same for basketball. Oh, yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, basically, the PIAA looked at this issue and said, what can we do to help out our public schools? Because it's just not fair. Private schools are able to recruit players while public schools get whatever talent is in their, the like, the area that... Yeah goes their to region. the school, yeah. their region. So, like, St. Joe's Preps recruits kids from New Jersey and New York and in yeah. f- inner-city Philadelphia. What does inner-city Philadelphia public school do? Well, they're terrible because yeah. they don't have the good players that should be going to their when's, school. When's the last time that you've heard of a powerhouse football team from Philadelphia, public football team? Never. And it's one of the largest cities in the think, country. Think, I think of it's a like Philadelphia high school team. Who do you think of? St. Joe's Prep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so basically PIAA looked at this and said, what what can we do to help out our high our public high school teams? So they sent around a poll um, of peop of the beliefs about public schools. And these are some of the beliefs they said. They said the and- PIAA can and must implement a playoff structure that will reestablish fair and equitable competition for all traditional public school student athletes. Um, this is this is a step in the right direction, I'd say. There's still a lot in the works. Yeah. Um, I I might be reporting on this wrong, honestly. If I re- if I read it right or wrong, I think I got it all right, but. This oh, yeah. is this is the email that was sent out to all the PIAA board members, and it was, and it also included the proposal for a separate playoff structure between boundary and non-boundary schools. And boundary means you're a traditional public school, and non-boundary means you're a private school that you don't get state money, etc., uh, etc. Et um, so what we saw from this, and this was just a poll. This wasn't like a proposal in a meeting. Yeah, or so something. this this doesn't have any binding effect to it. Yeah. This is just a gauge, um, you know, gauge yeah. the temperature. Like, they didn't take a vote or change any rules yet. Yeah. But what we saw was that 99% of board members, meaning two uh, out of 207 board members, 205 thought Massive that majority. schools of choice, I'm using air quotes, schools yeah, of choice. private schools, private, private and charter schools have a competitive athletic advantage over traditional public schools. Um, I think that this is basically it's obvious much to not everyone. I, mean, I don't know how those two people even voted that. Those two people are probably flat earthers yeah. or something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, and then... They voted again who would be in favor of a separate PIAA playoff tournament for traditional public schools. And we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, but only 13 people said no. Out, and 194 out of, out of, said uh, yes. Yeah, out of 207 board members. So, in case you guys want percentage, that's 99% that um, public schools have a disadvantage and 93.7% that they would be in favor of separate... So it's interesting that there's, you know, that se- that small percentage of people that acknowledge yeah. <laughs> that um, public schools do have a disadvantage, but also think that that's fine. And that's then, interesting. And then the third basically said, like, before this, they had a big board meeting about proposed changes. I don't know what those proposed changes were or what 
they would do to help beside a different playoff system. But basically what they said was, would these current changes that we've proposed, would they help in any way besides doing a separate playoff system? And 150 people said no, that the proposed yeah. changes weren't going to work, that we need a separate playoff system for these to basically make it better. Yeah, and that's about 75% of people. Yeah. So, a pretty striking image yeah. right here. So, basically what they're trying what they're trying to do and what what I think should have been done a while ago. This is Virginia does this um Yeah. Uh all all big football like Texas does this. Look at Texas yeah. public school football. There, yeah. there are there are no private schools in Texas with good football, and, and it's that, all that is schools. kind of. In case you're wondering what the jump is from, there are you know because there are separate playoffs, then all the public schools are good. Um, Florida doesn't do this, and Florida has the IMG Academy, and look yeah. at that. The Florida yeah. IMG Academy has every single good football or most like top end talent. In Florida, comes from IMG Academy. Oh yeah, all for sure. all the really good college football players that come from Florida come from IMG, and yeah. look just, and it's the same for Pennsylvania. So well, to a lesser extent, but certainly a similar effect. And in case you're wondering why um, a separate playoff would make public schools not only um, have more success in their own playoffs, but more success overall where they would be ranked higher than private schools, actually. It basically comes down to if there is a separate playoff that could be interpreted as less prestigious, then it's it's a bit it's a it's a harder sell for someone to transfer if they're not going to the state playoff. They're going to the private school state playoff. Yeah, and it's not like there's fifty six A private schools in Pennsylvania. Like yeah. this would kill off First of all, this would make inner city Philadelphia schools better, public Much schools better, at least yeah. in general. Yeah, and um, and Pittsburgh as especially well. Especially football in those yeah. schools, but like those schools in general would get better from this. Yeah, and I think and, that's more what they're going and for. To be clear, this also they're also discussing basketball in this as well. Yeah. So you know we know Philadelphia has a great history of talent in basketball. It would apply in a similar way. You'd, you'd see more competition at least. Like, yeah. you're not going to, especially in basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm i very much in favor of this, and not only because it would help State College, but it, this would definitely hate, oh, help State Oh, absolutely. College. We, if, if this were to go through, and, you know, to be clear, like we said, this isn't a binding, this isn't a binding vote, so this doesn't really have any power besides to tell the people that they are being heard, because... There's not many people that I have ever talked to, at least around State College, that disagree with this. Um, but it really shows that there is progress, at yeah. least in thought. Yeah. I guess the devil's advocate would say that, hey, um, if all the good players play for St. Joe's, then... Why would you want to win a championship where you don't play St. Joe's? And the answer to that is, if St. Joe's can't win state championships where they beat everyone in the state, no good players will play for St. Joe's. So, they're... 
St. Joe's relies on the state than the state public school system does on beating St. Yeah, Joe's that, every year. Yeah, that's true. So if you'd imagine, you know, how many people would go to Alabama if they were restricted to, say, only an SEC championship. They weren't allowed to compete in national scale. It would be a much tougher sell, even though they have a, a history of success. People would yeah. want to go to schools like, you know... And obviously, this this doesn't have any, you know... Yeah, so This doesn't you, have any bearing on public yeah. or private. I mean, Alabama is a... I'm pretty sure it's a public university. Yeah. You know, but it, it's the same concept if, you, if you're if you having trouble visualizing it. And Alabama can recruit players. And this would be like yeah. if Alabama were could only get players from Tuscaloosa, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were playing against, like, Notre Dame, who could recruit, like, in, players from Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this is... It, it wouldn't even be close. And sure. I, I'm actually kind of happy that Pine Artsland won the championship. Um, I'll even I like it. It was mainly because Phil Dracovic was a five-star quarterback, and that only comes around to your school once in, like, 50 years or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, something like, crazy. But even... You know, even though we dislike Pine Richland quite a bit on the show, it's nice to see a public school winning for a chance. Yeah, and I'm and so if, much in favor of this. And like, if this means that our biggest obstacle is Pine Richland, and in the future we won't have to worry as much about St. Joe's or Emotep or schools like that, then hey, that's a couple less schools that have a pretty clear advantage over us. Yeah, you so know? They, they need to do this. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Just just make a separate playoff, so. Yeah. All right. So let's move into the defensive preview. We are 34-ish minutes in, so we're going to talk about this for a little bit. Um, defensive line. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, this is a definite tone shift. Uh, oh, yeah. So pardon this blatant disregard for the niceties of conversation. Josh, think of a, a segue. Okay. Wait, what? He doesn't know what we're talking about. All That's right. all right. That's all right. Um, Why are you talking about a segue? Yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to ignore him now. Uh, defensive end. This is... our. I think we should just talk about the defensive line in general. But defensive end, I think you have three definite guys that are ahead of the rest. Yeah. Um, and I think the rest aren't terrible. I think the rest could play a role, but I don't know who the standout of the rest will be. Yeah. So the three guys I'm talking about, Cole Urbis and Nathan Lusk, I think will be our two starters. Yeah, I think that's pretty much locked down. Jeremy, kind of Jeremy Thompson could compete, but I don't think he will. Um, he could. I'm not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won a starting role over the other two. Um, and then. I think he would be your go-to third guy on the defense oh, for sure. on the end. Yeah, so if, if if anyone if one of the guys comes out for a play, it's, then he's he'd go yeah, in. Yeah. See, he's your he's your platoon guy, and then uh, platoon. Yeah, if you want to platoon somebody, <laughs> <laughs> did I just make up that word? I'm, am I? No, it's platoon. Platoon. Pla, okay. Platoon. Okay. All right. <laughs> so and the rest of the do. The ends, you get Sam Storrell, Jacob Hodge, Jacob Beck, Tyler Dunlap, Jacob Hockenberry, Jacob Twoey, and <laughs> Dylan Bellissimo-Mead. Bellissimo. Bellissimo. Um, 
So I think any one of I think a couple one a couple of those guys also play offense. Sam Storrell and Jacob Hodge are the two that might come out of the the that big group as standouts. Pack, yeah. I just think those three guys are so good. Um, there's not going to be a lot of playing time for the rest. So yeah. if and next year there's going to be a huge competition when Cole Urbis and Jeremy Thompson are gone. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, this is a young end end line, but it's really deep, and that's the theme for these end the course, ends and yeah. lines. And as we move into defensive tackle, it's so deep. Oh my gosh! And I like this it is, so much. This is the fun part. This we've, is like we've been talking strength. about defensive tackle for for the entire series. Our first episode focused a lot on defensive tackle. Yeah. So you've heard the drill, but oh my gosh, we've got Addison Darcy, Tyus Thompson, Zach Betts, Dylan Ertz, and Josh Romanic, and. Wow, I mean, there's nobody on this on this crew that you really feel like, oh, that person, you know, doesn't have much of a chance. Yeah. They're all great. You know, yeah. they're all big physical guys that can really move people. Any one of those top four, Addison Darcy, Titus Thompson, Zach Betts, and Dylan Hurts could start. Oh, yeah. And I think if Addison Darcy wasn't there, I f- I'd say Dylan Ernst would have a chance to start. But, like... I, yeah. it's so deep like yeah. these guys can sit out for four or five plays and there's not going to be there's not going to be a drop in a ma- yeah a massive yeah. drop yeah so <laughs> yeah it's it's really a privilege to to see to have fo- a football team like this you like, know this defensive there's, there's line there's not many there's places so that has the courtesy of you know being able to afford your best players on the sideline for you know, even a decent amount of time. Yeah, I feel like we're saying the same thing where we did with offense, where Addison, this line was so deep before we even got Addison Darcy. It's the same thing yeah. with offensive line as defensive line, where it's just guys on top of guys on top of guys. So it's it's a it's a good thing to have. Um, the bad thing about it is everyone except for Addison Darcy is a senior. <laughs> so yeah, it might so get it. Even though we're talking about you know extensive, even though we depth. got young ends, we got a old line, yeah, or old, old-ish tackles. Interior, yeah, yeah. and w- that's definitely gonna be a big topic next year. Yeah, like very big topic. When Who's we hand off this over? podcast to a junior that's interested in this stuff, <laughs> we need to. <laughs> if if you listen to this podcast religiously, which I don't think anyone does, but. Uh, if if you have if you are a junior and you listen to it religiously, um, call us or Facebook message us. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Wait for the plug at the end. Yes. Be patient. Um, going into the linebackers, I think we're going through this too fast, but it's okay. Uh, linebacker is so interesting and weird. Tyson Brennan and Mike Maniac. I think they are definitely the two. Okay, let me make this clear. We know that your name is Maniac. Yeah. It's just fun to say Maniac. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think, yeah, there's so many ways the linebacker core could go beside Brennan and Maniac. Um, Kyle Domico, I think, is going to be a middle linebacker, but he could play on the outside. Joe Nastasi I think he's going to be an outside linebacker, but he could play on the inside. Jim Maniac can play on either side. Addison Miranda could play. Um, Paul Solomon uh, could play. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Ryan Terizzi could play. Uh, there's a, guy, a lot of guys that could play, 
but they're not proven yet. And also, shout out to my man Stevie Gutoff. I know you listen yeah. every episode. Stevie Gutoff, I think if he gets a lot better, could also maybe play this year too. There's a lot of guys. Lance Urbis, I think, can play. There's a lot of guys that could play. I think the key. But for, we don't know if they can play. I think the key for some of these guys is, you know, relatively expected that they just need to get a little bigger you know that's something you see with linebackers especially you know when they're coming out of ninth grade and middle school where size isn't quite as important transitioning to varsity you know so you know for a linebacker you don't have to be huge especially in high school next year there's going to be some crazy competition is there you see stevie goodoff is going to be a junior next year lance service is going to be a junior kyle domico is going to be a senior Joe Nastasi is going to be a senior. Jim Maniak's going to be a senior. The linebacking core is going to be super deep next year, but we don't know if any of these guys are actually good. So yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. For, for sure. sure, yeah, for sure. Jinx. Um, huh. But Tyson Brennan, yeah, great great player. He's going. I think he's might be the best middle beside Andre White. He might be the best linebacker in the Commonwealth. Yeah, we know he's been featured, you know, in lots of mid-pen media. He was in the media day eating a ham sandwich. Yeah. That's how you know he's good. If you get to eat a ham sandwich in the media day, that means you're on the up and up. Yeah, and Mike Maniac, I don't think he's going to play every play at outside linebacker because he also plays a lot of plays on the offense too. So who's going to be your backup outside linebacker? Is it going to be Jim Maniac? Is it going to be Jonas Stassi? Is it going to be Kyle Domico? It could Addison be any. Miranda. It could be literally anyone. Pa- it could Paul be Ryan Solomon. Terizzi. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I there. There's a huge. There's a lot of depth at linebacker. It's just so unproven. So, take take what you will. Literally any one of these guys. Yeah, there's Raw a lot of talent. lot of talent, but we don't know where it is. And the the front seven. When you look at the front seven total, there's so much depth, and yeah. it's it's so much fun to see it. Um, it just depends how how it goes. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, camp starting up soon. Uh, Memorial Field flooded, so that was. <laughs> I tell you, what I'm excited There's for. There's so much rain. Like why? <laughs> yeah, that's not a surprise. I mean, we've come off of basically a solid week of rain. Yeah. Now, what I'm ex- extremely excited for is that new turf practice field we're getting at the old North Bowl. Oh, yeah. Site. They're starting to work on that, It's though. It's going to be so nice. I'll tell you. Too we, bad it's going to be done in, like, a year. So yeah, we're, we're not going to really get to experience it that much. But, but are they still uh, building the uh, parking lot there? Yeah, they're still building the parking lot there. So they're going to have to finish that before school starts for, like, the buses and stuff? Hopefully they finish it before school starts. <laughs> I'll tell oh, you, boy. man. <laughs> I be I'd be very disappointed. If the one year we get parking passes, and guess what? They destroy the parking lot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, don't hold your breath because it is scazzed. They get stuff done right, but it usually takes a while. Unlike the government, but whatever. This isn't a politics show. This yeah, it got kind of political there, but we're we're gonna move on from that. Okay, yeah. let's just let me just say one thing. I think no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, everybody can agree that the government is pretty inept, no matter who's in office. So, anyways, moving on to more fun things like sports. Uh, <laughs> we've got secondary, 
and what a fun one that is. The secondary is also like the linebackers where it's weird and we don't know what's going on. But the secondary is well, a little bit to be more clear, scary, there's I would a say. Few, there's a few people that we know are going to be getting a lot of playing time. Yeah, like Keaton, Keaton Ellis. I mean, come on, yeah. guys. Keaton Ellis. Yeah. Uh, you, you just... Yeah. It's yeah. Keaton. <laughs> there, there are a lot of questions, I'd say, on the, in the secondary as to where everyone's going to line up. I think we have five guys that are definite starters, but we don't know where the five guys are going to line up. Or I think we have six guys that are going to play reliably. Um, mm-hmm. The six guys that I'm talking about, I think, are going to be Keaton Ellis, obviously, Colin Hulbert, Cohen Russell, Tom Buha, Sam Knipe, and Tanner Brantnamark. Um, I think those six guys you'll see on the field most of the time. Uh, Tanner Brandemart can, I think, can play literally anywhere, and Colin Holbert, I think, can play literally anywhere. So it depends if Colin Holbert goes to cornerback. That means that Cohen would be nickel, and um, and Tanner Brandemart would fill in at safety or backup corner or backup um, Cohen, or maybe Loki or. Or Justin Sodergren could back up Cohen. But, no, but I think actually, Cohen's going to be out there a we're lot. Totally, we're totally papering over the biggest tour de force in the secondary. Haskell Canagranja. Yeah. What a man. My parents suggested he be on the podcast. I was like... Oh, eh. that would be awesome. Eh. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. Okay, I Haskell, shared... Haskell, if you're listening. I shared, I shared a biology table with Haskell last year, and it was the best absolute banger of a time. I was in Spanish time. class with, the, with him and it was also pretty In good. case you guys aren't familiar, <laughs> Haskell is five foot eight, one thirty. So he's a tiny little man. He's a pretty smart dude. He's got a lot of heart, as they say. So we'd love to see him play a little bit. Even, yeah. even just for a couple snaps. Yeah. Who knows? So, yeah. Well, yeah. I This secondary is not as deep as I wish it was. And I think on, that's actually kind of scary in case we get a Keaton Ellis injury. And I'm not talking about Keaton Ellis specifically. I'm talking about a Keaton Ellis caliber injury where last year we saw yeah. him break his thumb. So we... It's out if, for six if, weeks. Yeah. So if we yeah. get... And it's probably going to happen. So who if it if it happens to somebody, I don't... The, who are you going to put in there? Nate Dreyer? Dreyer. Trevor Dr- Dreyer. Dreyer, Trevor Beck, and Jake Nutelski. I don't. They're they're not very proven as yeah. much as the other guys. I mean, they have they have the size in general. I mean, they're not huge, but they have the the build. Yeah. But they just don't get a ton of snaps, and it's hard to. Yeah, hard it's hard to, to put them on the field yeah. reliably. Yeah. Um. So I think we got we got six guys that are definitely going to start. I think Tanner Brandemart is really good, and I wish. I kind of wish Sam Knipe wasn't so good so he could play. Because Tanner Brandemart would definitely be starting at strong safety if it wasn't for Sam Knipe. But I think Cohen Cohen can play nickel. He played nickel last year. But there's been talk about moving him to outside cornerback or safety even. That could be very interesting. Yeah, but then you could put Loki at nickel. Yeah. Um, I think nickel's more deep than cornerback or safety. But it there's just a lot of bodies and well, probably six guys that you can put literally anywhere. So it's hard to guess where people are gonna go. Yeah. Um. But I'm exci- I'm excited for the secondary because I know there's a lot of big hits. 
and a lot of picks in this secondary. I'm excited to see Colin Hulbert start because Colin Hulbert played really, really well with JV last year, and T Tanner Brandenburg too. Um, and I I'm just excited to see how they progress, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. As with all these guys, you know. I mean, really, you know, high school football is so fluid compared to college and the NFL, you know. You don't have things like money in the NFL or really, like, massive amounts of prestige that you get in general in college. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting sport, college or high school football. So, yeah. I, you know, the progression of the athletes and seeing them develop as people in this interesting time of life is really cool. So sorry for that little philosophy <laughs> there. Yep. <It's> cool. <laughs> The State College Football and Philosophy podcast. Yeah, with uh, with Sherpa Nick. <laughs> um, uh, going into okay, that, that was that just that killed was, the that, mood. That killed my zen. <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> um, as a, we'll talk about special teams. It's not going to take that long. I think Cohen Russell and Isaiah Edwards handle all the return duties. Um, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, Cohen's basically like, kind of your ideal. Well. Almost ideal. Yeah. High school returner, you know. He doesn't have to be that big. He's just really fast, really agile, really sneaky. Um, and Isaiah yeah. Edwards is pretty elusive, too. On the long snapper, the only two guys that are returning that were listed as long snappers on the roster last year were, were Zach Betts and Jeremy Bullock. And I don't remember who was the long snapper last year, so if you do, please tell me. Long snapper competition, everybody. Let's see it. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. Zach Betts, why not? <laughs> um, and then Kim Renfrew returns as the kicker, of as course. Well as, as well as Matt Coons, yeah. who is coming up. So in general, a pretty strong s special teams. I mean, let's be honest. You can't really talk about special teams that much, even at higher levels of football. So in high school, it basically accounts for a couple-minute section. But all you need to know, got pretty decent special teams. They're not the best. They do their job pretty well, and the rest of our team makes up any imperfections yeah. that happen to crop up most of yeah, the time. Yeah, I think, Cameron, for you're not going to have a lot of field goal opportunities, I think. Hopefully. That's that's <laughs> our that's our hope, you know? Like, this team is... What we saw from this team last year, especially, when we get into the red zone, oh, yeah. it's game we were, over. Yeah, we were, we were very efficient last yeah. year, from what I remember, for yeah. sure. Just... And also our defensive production with interceptions and big yeah. plays like that, we're really going to be able to move. That's the goal. Move yep. the ball. All right. So that is the end of our defense preview. Um, I'm excited for the defense. I think our defense is How the best not be? in the Commonwealth. I think our defense is better than our offense, actually. Um, but some people don't think that. I'm looking at you, Penn Live. Huh. But I, I, our defense... Our ends, I don't have as much experience, obviously, as I'd like, but it's super deep from what we've heard. Um, Cole, Cole Ritz and Nathan Lusk, they didn't they didn't start last year, but we can assume that they're good because... Oh, yeah, they are good. Yeah. I mean, we know at the very least that they're very good athletes, yeah. and defensive end is an athletic position. You know, yeah. they, they have size and speed, so... And we know that they're tough, tough couple of... 
Lines, dudes. yeah. Linebackers is also deep, but we just don't know how good everybody is and who's the standout yeah. players, so it's hard to guess. Cornerback is not as deep, or secondary is not as deep, but we know we have six absolute playmakers. For sure. And then there's a big drop-off, but I think we'll we'll survive, especially with our front seven. Oh, come on. We'll, sur- we'll survive? We're number we'll seven survive. in the state, dude. We'll, we'll get through it. Oh, come on. Yeah. It'll be tough, but we'll get through it. No, dude, we've got this. We've got this. Okay, if someone gets injured in the secondary, I'm hitting the panic button. Like... Uh, I... Hey, hey, I I think... I'm really not that worried. If our secondary drops from amazing to slightly above average, then I don't think there's too much cause for alarm. Yeah. So, in my opinion, maybe you want to hit the panic button, but I have faith, so... Yeah, I there's just so many guys that are so unproven in the secondary, especially a nickel and corner. Although I th- do think nickel has three guys that can play reliably, but yeah, like safe. There's no one at safety. Like there's three guys and they're de- all gonna play. <laughs> so there's no backups at safety. So it's gonna be. It's going to be something. It's going to be an adventure, folks. And yeah, we'll be the secondary with you, will be an adventure. <laughs> and we'll be with you the whole way to yep. comment on how great or awful it is. Yep. So. <laughs> Hopefully someone doesn't get injured week one. Just, <laughs> just pray that no one in our secondary will get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, we brought our my brother. Our brother. It's my brother. Um, former state college baseball player, maybe. Not, but, uh, <laughs> but we're gonna, about? yeah, he's gonna make the team this year. He says he's gonna make the team this year. Do we believe him, Nick? Yes. I so believe in him. All right. So we're gonna ask, since we didn't have a guest on here, so we, we need to ask somebody what their favorite meat and potatoes are. Because we answered ours last handy. week. Yeah. And he, he's right here. Waiting for us, um, waiting for me to give him the mic. So let's let him take it over. Explain why you like your favorite meat and potatoes and what they are and where you get them. All right, here it is: the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan's brother. Yeah, hello. Um, probably my favorite meat is probably uh, barbecue chicken wings. I really nice. like. Nice. Uh, I really. What like, a legend this where man. Where do you get them chicken wings, Josh? Well, uh, <laughs> You know, you always like a Quaker Stick and Lube. That's a good restaurant. Classic. Yeah. And, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. Back in Maryland, we had lots of those. Yeah, they're all right, but they have like... Green turtles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good times. But sometimes you can get like special days where they like give you, give them, give you, give you uh, wings for a dollar or something. Have you been to Wings Fest? No. Uh, do you want to go to Wings Fest? Why not? I like right. you heard the man. Wings. If you want to hook up with Josh and go to Wings Fest, send us an email. Ooh. We'll go too. <laughs> yeah, we'll all go. It'll be fun. <laughs> all right. All right. What about your favorite potatoes? Well, what, what is it? Potatoes. You know, I always like French fries. There's good, especially at the school. But those aren't really potatoes, you know. Last <laughs> night I, I had some mashed potatoes. Um, they they were good. They wow. were good mashed potatoes. Nice. Always the best. Didn't we have somebody else that said mashed potatoes? I think Ramsey. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. If not, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure Ramsey's fair was mashed potatoes. I also like to put a little ketchup on my mashed potatoes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that's unusual. Okay, I... I'm calling blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> I know, but it experiment a little. It tastes all right. All right. All right. That, that's all. That's all the time we have for for this blasphemer. All right. So let's go into our predictions. We need a predictions like song, like uh, predictions, predictions. What are we predicting? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's okay. it. That's it. That's it. We found predictions, it. Predictions, predictions. What are we predicting? I'm going to let you sing that every time. Okay. And he'll play the drums. <laughs> a, a very old and crappy Elec- drum set. Yeah, electronic drum set over here. It's a Mega Deluxe drum pad from Kowalski. <laughs> Mega Deluxe. Did you just say Kowalski? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says right there. That says Kawasaki. Kawasaki. <laughs> All right. What's your prediction? Um, my prediction is that uh, I gotta think of one. <laughs> um, my prediction is that State College will win the Mid Pen Commonwealth. Wow. That's kind of a weak prediction. Nice actually. prediction. <laughs> All uh, right. You gotta make a um, prediction I about have, like the mid pen. I have a little play. bit of a different prediction. I'm gonna say uh, state college football is either gonna lose to Central Dauphin or Harrisburg, and that could be one or both. I'm gonna guess one. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be Harrisburg. <laughs> just just based on I the don't know. I just the dude, place I feel and the like, time. I feel and, like I can never discount Central Dolphin. Even even if we think they're not as good, I'll never do it. Yeah, but they, they'll surprise you. So are you saying they could lose both? Is that part of the prediction? Like No, one, I, I said, I said it's both? possible they could lose both, but I'm predicting they're going to lose one. And I'm predicting they're going to lose either so one of them. Will you, so will that be a win for you if they lose both? No. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I got Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> I I I I see where you're coming from, but I still think Central Dolphin is they're a wild way, and I think we'll be dialed in for that game. Yeah. I don't think we'll be dialed into a one o'clock game in Harrisburg. Yeah, that's, like, that's like tough. it or not. Yeah. I, so I I like this team, and I like the players, and I like the heart of the team, but I. It's ever it's getting to the point of being annoying where we have to go down there at one o'clock yeah. on a Saturday. Um, so that'll end this podcast. So let's plug ourselves. All right, <laughs> you can email me at nickhaus n i c k h a u s seventy five at gmail dot com. You can email me at nathangrella at gmail dot com. Pretty easy. Yep. And, unless you can not spell my name, you can email Josh at jag eighteen. At scasd.org. Jeg. Jeg, yes. Um, you can check out our Facebook page where you can see that hilarious photo of a bunch of players eating ham sandwiches. Oh, and you uh, might be able to see the hilarious picture of the head coach of Chambersburg, which is absolutely breathtaking. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the sound I made when I saw that. I was like, I was ooh, all like, ooh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is not editing, folks. That is a live performance. Yeah. All right. So you can also check out our website. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are either listening to it on CastBox or Apple Podcasts. So in the description, there is a link to our website. 
use it. Do not Google our website. You won't find it. Use the link, copy and paste if you're in CastBox, or just yeah. press on it if you're in Apple Podcasts, and go to our website, see all of our depth charts, see all of our updated stats for all of our opponents. You can read articles there when I go back to school because I will I will be the official beat writer for State College Football. By official, we mean... Officially, by officially, our officially in the journalism classroom, you will eventually see our podcasts on the Lions Digest page, newspaper page. And no one reads that, but <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see good articles about our football team with inside analysis, then that's right. Tune it up when school starts. Um, school schedules come out in. Uh, Four days, three oh, days. Oh my goodness! Are you serious? Yep, August first, midnight. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. Okay, <laughs> I am not scared. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared because I have to think about school for the first time in two oh, months. Oh, I'm so excited about school. <laughs> I just one of the two classes I have to go to the North Building, like on the same day. So it's like day A, and then the other semester. See, Josh. A. Josh is not used to being at State High. See, he's used to like going to school and like staying in one building and not doing anything because he's a freshie. Uh, yeah, I walked around all last year, so. So he's he's being a complainer. But <clears throat> basketball player, so I. Have, like, hey, hey! One, I mean, we had to walk across the street listen, in thunderstorms. Some people had to cross just for lunch. Okay, <laughs> be thankful. Yeah, I, I did that. I did. Some that. people didn't eat lunch, so they didn't have to cross. <laughs> <laughs> some people just <laughs> nervous some, laughter. Some people just hid under the stairs, <laughs> like we did. Um, yeah. So don't hide under the stairs. Cross the street if you have to. To um, get reception, so that you can yeah. listen to State College Football Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, check out our. Website, which is definitely there. I think we've plugged everything. Oh, yeah, look at my Twitter, too. I repost stuff. Um, hype video. I released a hype video oh, that is so is, good. I was legitimately impressed by it. I showed it to my dad. He was like, yeah, I'm hyped just for this hype video. If you like the Avengers, you'll like it. If you like State High Football, you'll like it. So search the starting bench warmer on YouTube. See my channel. Watch the video. It's actually good. We had a fun time this podcast, but we gotta end it. This has been the State College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hosselter. And I'm Nathan Grella, and, and this we'll is our sign week. off.